So, today, inshallah ta'ala, we're continuing from Arba'in and Nawi. This is hadith number 24. And the Prophet says that Allah ta'ala says, Ya ibadi, inni harramtu zulma ala nafsi, waja'altuhu baynakum muharraman falata zalamu. Ya ibadi, kullukum dalun, illa man hadaytuhu, fastahduni ahdikum. So, the Prophet says that Allah ta'ala informs, informs us, Allah ta'ala says to all humanity and all of his slaves and servants, O oh my servants, I have forbidden zulm, I have a forbidden oppression for myself, and I've made it forbidden amongst you, so do not oppress one another. This is what we covered last time. I'm sorry, this Wi-Fi is going to keep cutting in and out. Hmm. So, this is what we covered last time. So this time, inshallah ta'ala, we are covering the second portion, which is, O oh my servants, all of you are astray except those who I have guided, so seek guidance for me and I will guide you. So this is the second portion saying what? Oh, so what I wanted to remind you all is that this is a very, very powerful hadith specifically because each portion begins with, O oh my slaves. And the idea here is what? You want to get into the mindset and the feeling of what? That Allah Ta'ala is speaking to you in such a way where you are feeling humble. That Allah Ta'ala is speaking to you and you want to recognize your humility before Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala and your absolute need that everything, everything that you need, Allah Ta'ala is the one who provides for you. So, Ya Ibadi, O my slaves, Kullukum dalun, all of you are astray. Illa man hadaytuhu fastahduni, except for the one who I guide, so seek guidance for me, ahdikum, and I will guide you. This is very important, that not only does it command you to seek guidance, but it says, as a result of that, I will guide you. So this is a very interesting statement. Let's take a look at it a little bit more. First and foremost, Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an, مَن يَهْدِ اللَّهُ فَهُوَ الْمُهْتَدْ وَمَن يُضْلِلْ فَلَنْ تَجِدَ لَهُ وَلِيًا مُرْشِدًا Allah says at the ending of uh, ayah number 17 in Surah, uh, Surah Al-Kahf, that Allah says, he is, uh, It is He, Allah Ta'ala, who guides uh, those who are rightly guided, but he who leaves astray, then never will you find for him a protecting guide. So Allah Ta'ala is saying what? That I am the one that guides people. And this is very, very important that a lot of times you'll find people that say, I'm seeking the truth and I'm basing it on my own knowledge. I'm basing it on my own intelligence. I'm basing it on my own abilities because I'm a smart person and I'm interested in the truth. Therefore, I'm going to go out and find it. It's all about me, me, me. There isn't this level of humility acknowledging the fact that subhanAllah, I am not going to find any guidance. I'm not going to find any truth and I'm never going to find any satisfaction or clarity in life unless Allah Ta'ala wants it for me. And so you have to approach knowledge. Yes, of course, you still hustle. Yes, of course, you still do your best to read and, and ask questions and have discussions and so on and so forth and listen to lectures and whatever you can to seek guidance and to you know, ask a lot of questions. That being said, you should have the humility to know that look, if Allah Ta'ala doesn't want this from me, for me, then it's never going to happen. I need to approach this with humility. In fact, subhanAllah, this is oftentimes the comment you find in the... Uh, What's it called? Huruf al-Muqatta'at. And when it comes to the, uh, the beginning letters of various surahs, like Alif Lam Mim or Alif Lam Ra or Kaf Ya'in Sad and so on and so forth, these, uh, these letters, we don't know the meaning. And so, subhanAllah, one of the commentaries that you'll find on this is that Allah Ta'ala has left this unknown so that right from the beginning when you open up the Mus'haf and you start reading, the first thing you say is, I want to understand this. And the answer is, well, you can't know everything. And then you're like, well, what do you mean? Well, maybe that's going to instill a little bit of humility in you. So that you understand that the rest of the Qur'an that you're reading, yes, you're going to understand plenty, inshallah ta'ala. Yes, of course, this is a clarifying book that's going to clarify things for you. But the first moment that you engage, the first, the first lesson that you're being taught is, you're never going to understand everything. 
So alif lam mim, you got to just say, I don't know, and that I'm going to have to move on from there. Because there are theories. There are diff many different theories. But at the end of the day, nobody's really sure. And subhanAllah, that in and of itself, within that, there is a very deep lesson. Then also, it's very important to recognize that this is true specifically because the anbiya are the best of humanity, right? The prophets are the best of humanity. And how amazing is it that Allah Ta'ala has prophet after prophet testifying that had it not been for Allah Ta'ala's guidance, I would never be guided. So you would think that the best of us, the smartest of us, the most wise of us, the most observant of us, the most sincere of us, they could say, well, I have some guidance on my own. And yet, subhanAllah, you find that that's not the case. So what about for us? We find that, for example, Ibrahim salam said, what? Allah Ta'ala is the one, he is the one who created me and guided me. In other words, without Allah Ta'ala's guidance, I would be nowhere. Musa salam recognized that before receiving revelation, he was astray. He says what? When, when, when Fir'aun confronts him and says, you know, didn't you do that thing that you did? Didn't you basically kill someone? Uh, he responds and says, Qala, fa'altuha wa He says, yes, I did indeed do it while I was of those astray. In other words, even Musa salam, being as great as he was, he was saying, listen, before revelation, I was astray. And we know that the Prophet uh, Allah Ta'ala says to him, Allah Ta'ala tells him, And he found you, and Allah Ta'ala found you lost, and then he guided you. So if this is the case for the most intelligent, for the best, for the most sincere, for the most wise, for the most observant, for the best listeners, if this is the case for these people, then what about for you and me? Absolutely, we have to acknowledge that, Ya Allah, I have no, no ability to be guided except through your guidance. Now, this brings up an interesting, sort of you could say philosophical question. A very important question. Are people born guided or misguided? Let me, who wants to say guided? Anybody raise your hand? Let's say for guided. Okay, misguided. <laughs> two, two participants. Okay, seems, seems like majority is saying misguided. So this is uh, an interesting uh, uh, discussion. And essentially, there's some truth in both statements. Uh, the Prophet says, for example, that the Prophet says what? This is in Sahih Bukhari. It's part of a larger hadith. Every child is born upon the true fitrah, the true nature of Islam, the true nature to worship God alone. But his parents convert him to either make him Jewish, make him Christian, or make him a Magian, and, and so on and so forth. Like the idea is that you know, your culture will, will, take, will, will, will influence you, and then you might become this, that, or the other. And so, but the idea is what? That you're born upon the fitrah. So there is this concept that you're born guided. And this is also similar to the ayah in, in, in Surah Al-A'raf. Uh, that when Allah Ta'ala asks the humanity, am I not your Lord? This is, this is what before we were put into our bodies, when we were still just arwah, in alim al-arwah, when we were still just souls, before we were put into our bodies, Allah Ta'ala asked all of the souls, am I not your Lord? Am I not your master? In other words, am I not your God? And uh, they said, of course. And now, nobody can say that I remember this event. Anybody who says, oh, I remember being there and how it looked and this and that, tell them, yeah, you're, you're making it up. You're not telling the truth. So then the question is, if we don't remember this event, what was the point of the event? And the answer is that because we made this testification and because we made this acknowledgement when we're born as, as children, we have a natural inclination to recognize and understand that Allah is one who our Lord is, and it resonates with us. And this is, I think everybody understands this, when you talk even to non-Muslims, 
who have studied this religion and that religion, trying to justify these strange beliefs or that strange, those strange beliefs, you often find that they do a lot of mental gymnastics to try to make sense of shirk. But at the end of the day, when you say, well, we just believe that God is one, you don't need to do a bunch of mental, mental gymnastics. You don't need to uh, you know, explain it this way and that way. You don't need to twist yourself in a pretzel to try to make sense of it. It just makes sense. People are like, yeah, that, make, that resonates with me. It goes down smoothly. Why is that? And the, the explanation is because when we were, before we were put into our bodies, our souls recognized that Allah Ta'ala is indeed one. However, on the flip side, there's the hadith in uh, Sahih Muslim. Uh, and again, this is part of a larger hadith. The, one portion of it says, وَإِنِّي خَلَقْتُ عِبَادِي حُنَفَاءَ كُلَّهُمْ وَإِنَّهُمْ أَتَتْهُمُ الشَّيَاطِينَ فَاجْتَالَتْهُمْ عَنْ دِينِهِمْ And the hadith goes on. I have created my servants as one having a natural inclination to the worship of Allah, but it is the shayateen who turns them away, who turn them away from the right religion. And then he makes unlawful what has been declared lawful, and he commands them to ascribe partners with Allah, uh, although he has no justification for that, and so on and so forth. So in this hadith, you're finding that what? Shaytan comes and influences the child at a young age. So which one is it? Are we born guarded, guided or unguided? So the way you can reconcile these, Ibn Rajab, he reconciles this by saying what? That Allah created human beings with a natural inclination to accept Islam and to worship Allah as one. Hence, they're ready and they have, the pretend, they have the potential to become Muslims. However, the human is still in need of actually learning what Islam actually is. So without the knowledge, they're going to be more susceptible to shaitan. So this is how you reconcile both. That we're born with a natural inclination, but without that revelation, that uh, inclination is not going to be used to its full capacity and can easily be said, set astray. So this is why Allah Ta'ala sent revelation to us. Now, it's very important to recognize that nobody is guided unless Allah wants them to be guided. This, this type of arrogance that somebody could say, like, I found the truth because I chose to support it all by myself. Like, this was my own effort. Or nobody can act like they're doing a favor to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala actually addresses this in the Qur'an when there were certain Bedouins who were acting like, oh, we became Muslim, so we're supporting God, so like, this is a favor we've done for Islam. And as a response to this, this is in Surah Hujarat, ayah number 17, Allah says what? يَمُنُّونَ عَلَيْكَ أَنْ أَسْلَمُوا that they consider it a favor to you that they have accepted Islam. Say, do not consider your Islam a favor to me, as in to the Prophet. Rather, Allah has conferred a favor upon you that He has guided you uh, to the faith if you should be truthful. So, in other words, this is a gift that you should be grateful of. Obviously, you put in your effort, but that effort would have been fruitless had it not been for Allah's. You know, uh, uh, you know, acceptance of that. Now, it's also important to ask the question, okay, how, do I, how am I truly grateful for the guidance of Islam? How do I recognize that this is a gift that I could not have come across myself? How can I show gratitude? Not just by saying, Alhamdulillah, uh, you know, Alhamdulillah, ala ni'mat al-Islam, uh, you know, all praise due to Allah for the, for the blessing of Islam. That's not, that's, that's not sufficient. Speaking it is not enough. You have to what? Practice it, live by it. And number two, preach it and convey it to others. And so inshallah ta'ala, I'm hoping that as this new masjid, inshallah ta'ala, that we're, where we're coming up, is being built, I'm hoping that we are going to double and triple, inshallah, even more our efforts when it comes to da'wah, because we're going to have a new a location to invite our non-Muslim neighbors and co-workers and friends and classmates and so forth. And so this is, I hope everybody's thinking about this. I hope everybody's thinking, and I've heard many people talk like this already. They're saying, you know, I've wanted to invite people to the masjid, but I was like hesitant because I thought it wasn't, you know, uh, you know, 
basically fancy enough. Now, obviously, that shouldn't, that shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't, that shouldn't, that's not what it depends upon, right? The truth is the truth, and that's what should matter. But I can understand a bit of the hesitation. You know, you want to really show the best face possible. So now there's no excuse. Alhamdulillah, this masjid is going to be, uh, you know, top-notch, inshallah ta'ala, very beautiful, alhamdulillah. And uh, we thank Allah ta'ala for this, uh, you know, beautiful project. And so now we should have no excuses, and we should make the effort to bring people, to sit them down in that beautiful lounge area that I was just sitting in just a moment, just, you know, just yesterday. And inshallah ta'ala, you will uh, hopefully be able to uh, impress them. And then not only with the actual location, but then with the deen of Islam in addition to that. That's the hope. And by the way, just as a side point, Alhamdulillah, you know, in my, uh, back in Montreal, that's where I'm originally from, you know, Alhamdulillah, there was a group of brothers uh, that I uh, went through a thorough amount of da'wah training. And I would train them and talk to them and, and do lessons and so on and so forth about the importance and different techniques of how to give da'wah. And Alhamdulillah, you know, there were certain Certain of these young guys that, alhamdulillah, they became so good that I was learning techniques from them. I would see them speaking to, just engaging, you know, complete strangers sometimes. And they would do such a good job. And they were so good at, you know, in a, in a smooth and beautiful way, conveying the message of Islam, that honestly, I was so impressed and I was so happy to see that, you know, I had put in some effort and I felt like they had surpassed, even, you know, my expectations by, by a long shot. And so what I'm trying to say is that, alhamdulillah, now I think I could teach it this, this type of training even better. And so I'm very excited that, alhamdulillah, already we're, we're seeing some young people that are talking to me and saying, you know, we want to go through this type of training as well. We want to develop these skills. And what better skill to have than the ability to convey the message of Islam? I mean, this, this, uh, this, this is, you know, the, uh, and uh, purely, uh, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but just, just bear with me. Even the ability to just connect with another human being. You know, a lot of people, they, 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 they are afraid to have a real conversation. A lot of people are, you know, not good at engaging with others. And especially on deep matters, you know, some people, they become very cagey and very, you know, uh, you know shy when it comes to public settings and speaking to, to strangers, right? And so they always stick to their own and they're very isolated oftentimes. And so the ability to reach out and to talk to people that you've, you've never met before, just, you know, you know, cold call as they say, right? This is a great skill that we need to develop. And what better way to develop it than to talk about the most important thing in terms of a core beliefs and fundamental ideas of who you are, your identity, right? Anybody can, you know, it's much easier to go up to somebody and say, oh, let's just talk about the weather or sports or whatever. But imagine if you can speak to somebody and in five minutes you can get into a deep conversation. The person's like, I feel like I'm connected to you in a way <clears throat> that I haven't connected to anybody that I've known for years. You know, we have a deeper bond in this past half hour or hour conversation than the connection that I've had with friends that I've, that I've had friendships for for years because all we talk about is food and sports and this and that. But with you, just in one hour, I feel that I've connected, you in a, uh, connected to you in a deep way because we've re really gotten to the core of why we exist. This is a skill, I'm telling you, if you've never tasted the benefit of it, if you've never had that, those type of conversations, inshallah ta'ala, when you try, you will benefit tremendously bi Sorry, now back to the uh, hadith. Now, when it comes to this issue of guidance, there are four types of guidance that Allah Ta'ala has given to humanity, which is such a blessing. Number one are instincts, natural, innate instincts. For example, we, and this, this applies to humans as well as animals. Who teaches the spider how to, uh, you know, make the web, right? It's just born and it knows. Who teaches, you know, many different birds how to fly? You know, they just, they're in the nest, they eat from the mom, and then they eventually just have to jump out and start flapping, and they, and they work it out, Right? You know, human beings, they take a long time to walk, but you see some animals, they're born and they have to start walking almost immediately, right? The mom just like sort of taps it like horses or, or, or zebras, I remember of seeing, seeing, you know, they just kind of tap it and it just gets up and starts moving. Why? Because if it doesn't, then the lion is right there behind them. So they don't have time to like figure it out for like weeks and months, etc. And so the idea is that subhanAllah, who's guiding all of these instincts? Uh, uh, you know, and, and even for the, when it comes to the human being, 
Who teaches the baby how to suckle? For example, anybody who's had children, I'm sure you've witnessed this, that the moment that the baby comes out and then they put the, the, the mother puts the child to uh, the breast, you find that it just latches on and subhanAllah knows exactly. Now that's, that's a very complex motion. The motion of you know, coordinating the lips and the tongue in such a way to create suction in order to pull the milk, that's not, that's not you know, something that you could just say, oh, well, we just figured it out. What do you mean just figured it out? How does it have this innate knowledge to do this immediately? It's incredible. And so subhanAllah, this is uh, mentioned when Allah Ta'ala mentions uh, the statement of Musa when he was speaking to Fir'aun, he said, الذي, when he was asking, who is your Lord? He says, He said that our Lord, as in me and Harun, our Lord is the one who gave each thing its form and then guided it. Everything that has a, a shape and a form, Allah Ta'ala is the one that gave it this form and then guided it upon its path. This is speaking about its instincts. That's the first type of guidance. The second one, is sending books and messengers. Allah says what? لَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا رُسُلَنَا بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ وَأَنزَلْنَا مَعَهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْمِيزَانِ لِيَقُومَ النَّاسُ بِالْقِسْطِ Allah says, we have already sent our messengers with clear evidences and sent down with them scripture and the balance that people may maintain their affairs in justice. So this is, now not only did Allah guide you in terms of your natural instincts, but then Allah sent books and messengers. But then there's a third layer, which is what? Guiding your heart so that you can accept that when you, when you show faith and when you show sincerity, Allah Ta'ala guides you to those, the, to those books and to those messengers. And this is as Allah says, إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا ذِكْرٌ لِلْعَالَمِينَ لِمَنْ شَاءَ مِنْكُمْ أَنْ يَسْتَقِيمُ وَمَا تَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ Allah says, it is not except a reminder to the worlds, for whoever wills, you, whoever wills, you will be able to take the right course. And you do not will, you do, you do not have the will to take the right course, except that Allah wills first and foremost, He is the Lord of the world. So subhanAllah, Allah is saying, listen, I'm sending you this book. This is a reminder. And it's for anybody who wants to take a straight path, but nobody's going to will. Nobody's going to have the determination to take a straight path, except if I give them the permission. So subhanAllah, first is instincts. Then is sending books and messengers. Then is guiding your heart to those books and messengers. And finally, the fourth kind of guidance is what? Guiding to the afterlife, this is now when you die and then you are raised again, the angels will direct you and guide you to your place in paradise. And there are many different ayat and hadith about this, but one example is Allah says, but those who feared their Lord will be driven to paradise in groups. And so the idea is who will be do, doing the driving? This is the malaika, these are the angels that will drive them. Now, this brings us to an important question. The question is, how do we respond if somebody, you know, because it says, ask me, seek my guidance, and I will guide you. Now, it could come in a question, someone could say, okay, well, I did seek guidance, I did pray for guidance, and I was guided to a different religion other than Islam. How do we respond to this? Because I'm sure there are many people who would say, I prayed for guidance, and I was guided to religion X, not Islam, whatever it may be, right? So how do we answer? The response that we give in Ta'ala is what? That perhaps instead of just praying for guidance, the most likely scenario is that they had a predetermined idea, a preconceived notion as to what guidance was. And so they prayed for that particular brand of guidance. So they already had it in their heads that this is guidance. And then they prayed and said, yeah, no, I prayed for guidance. I prayed for guidance of that religion though. And so because of their bias, they prayed for it. And then they said, and I was guided to it. But that is showing what? Insincerity. Why? Why would we say this? Because... It, this, hadith, this hadith Qudsi is explaining what? That if you are truly sincere and you start with a completely blank slate and if you start with complete humility and say, whatever is out there, if you're a creator, if you can hear me, if you can hear what, what I'm saying in my thoughts and what's in my heart, if you can hear me as I whisper when I'm alone in my room before bedtime, if you can hear me, guide me to the straight path 
And if you show me the right way, I will take it, regardless of what it is. If you do that sincere prayer, then inshallah ta'ala, we believe that Allah ta'ala will guide you to tawheed, to the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and will guide you to uh, the fact that Allah is one and not to any other uh, strange religion. And Allah knows best. Now, and subhanAllah, uh, by the way, just as a, another side point, I know I'm going to take a little bit of time today, but I just thought it's interesting. I remember speaking to one non-Muslim guy, and uh, we had these meetings. This is back in Malaysia. He was an English teacher. And, uh, you know, some of his students were like, you need to talk to him. You know, he's interested. He has questions about Islam, and we're not very good at answering. So we used to go to this French bakery, me and a couple of other American students. Well, I'm Canadian, but anyway. Uh, some, uh, some, some, some American students, we also get together and take him to this French bakery. We would hang out. We would talk about Islam and answer his questions. And we would go, like... Every two weeks, maybe, we'd meet with him and we'd spend hours just answering all of his questions. And the good thing was that we were all stud- students of Islam, and so we all had different specializations, and so we, we were pretty good at answering his questions, alhamdulillah, you know, that's kind of, our, kind, of our, kind of our thing. So we were doing a good job at it, and then one time I'm driving him back home, and uh, I said, look, before we meet next time, I want to give you a little bit of a homework assignment. And he said, what is it? I said, well, I want you to... Um, yeah, I was driving and I was turning to him because I was driving on this side of the road. So, you know, the car's on the, the wheel's on the other side. So I'm turning to him and I'm talking to him while I'm driving, not on this side. Anyway, I just thought it was funny. But, uh, so I'm, uh, I, I had to get used to, I had to get used to that and then unget used to that. Anyway, so I was talking to him and I was telling him, listen, um, your homework assignment, you know, if you, if you, if you want to, is to pray. Is to pray to God, not in any specific way and not to any particular God. Just ask for guidance. Just say, if you can hear me, if there's a creator, if there is a purpose for me, if you can hear me, guide me to that which is true. And make sure you make this caveat, make sure you make this point. If you guide me, and I'm convinced, not just like, you know, wishy-washy, no. If you guide me and I'm convinced, I will follow it. Can you do that? He's like, yeah, absolutely, sure thing. So I was like, fantastic. So anyway, a couple weeks go by, I pick him up, and we're going to our French bakery thing. And uh, his name was Zach. And so we're on our way, and I'm like, so how was it? I'm like, I ask him, what about that thing? You know, a you know, bit of chit-chat first and foremost, but then eventually I go, so what about the homework? He's like, what do you mean? I said, you know, praying and asking for guidance. He's like, well, you know, I still have a lot of uh, questions about Islam and this and that. And I'm like, no, 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 hold on, hold on. We're not, we're not talking about questions, no questions. And I, I never mentioned Islam. I didn't say ask for Islam. I clarified, you know, I didn't say ask for Islam. I said, just ask. He's like, well, the thing is, I still have a lot of questions I want to answer. I said, look, man, what are you talking about? Like, he was kind of trying to evade, evade the question, right? He's like, you know, I got a lot of questions and issues and this and that. So I was like, look, stop trying to, I didn't say these words, but basically I'm like, you're trying to dodge the questions, right? You're trying to dodge the question. So I was like, look, it wasn't about Islam, it wasn't about questions, it wasn't about anything like that. It was just about asking for guidance, period. Open-ended, right? So I kind of corner him a little bit, and I'm, I'm not really letting him wiggle out of this question, right? I'm like, no, no, seriously, what happened? And uh, finally he's like, look, uh, no, I didn't do it. I'm like, why not? He's like, uh, I was afraid. <laughs> I was like, what? And he's like, well, at least I'm honest. He kind of got, got annoyed at me for, I didn't mean to laugh, but I was like, seriously? You were afraid? Like, I don't know, it, it shocked me. I, I, I guess because as a Muslim, we're saying, guide us to the straight path. We're saying this 17 times a day. We're begging Allah, guide me, guide me, guide me to the straight path. You couldn't do it one time in like two weeks or more or your whole life. You couldn't ask for guidance one time. He's like, I was afraid. Why? Because he knew that the stipulation was, guide me to the straight path. And if you do, I will follow it. And he was very afraid of like, well, what if I get guided? What if I find out this is the truth? And then I have to live by it. Like, what if it's tough, right? What, I ha- what if I have to stand up for a truth that's uncomfortable? What if, I, what, if, what if I have to like live a lifestyle that's difficult or even sacrifice my life for something that I know is right, but I don't want to die or I don't want to, you know, whatever the case is, right? Like, I don't know what I'm signing up for. And so he was very afraid of this. 
And uh, I said, well, at least, we've, at least we found your problem. Like, we could answer your questions all day. We, go to this, we can go to this, you know, French bakery and, and, and answer your questions for hours and hours, week after week, for, for months and years. It won't make a difference. We, we found the core issue. The, after peeling back the onion, all the different layers, and finally getting to the core issue, what was it? You don't want to be guided because you're afraid of changing your lifestyle. You're comfortable the way you are. You don't want to change. So anyway, this is not the way the Muslim should be. The Muslim should be the one who says, what? Every day you sincerely say, guide us to the straight path. And this doesn't just mean guide me in terms of religious matters. This means that, yes, but in addition to that, in every little thing in my daily life. You're asking for guidance as to what to eat, even the way you cook. Guide me, oh Allah. You're saying, oh Allah, when it comes to my schoolwork, guide me. When it comes to my studies, what I'm learning and memorizing, oh Allah, guide me. You're asking for guidance in terms of your job, how to work best and how to deal with your coworkers and your boss and so on and so forth. You're asking even guidance on how to drive properly so you don't get into an accident and so you don't mess up your car. How to organize your day so that you have a good schedule. You're asking for guidance when it comes to how to conduct your conversations with your family members and friends and so forth to not get into fights. And the list goes on and on. When you say, المستقيم, Yes, it's from a deen perspective. But you're also asking for guidance in everything, inshaAllah ta'ala. The hadith continues, يَا عِبَادِ كُلُّكُمْ جَائِعٌ إِلَّا مَنْ أَطْعَمْتُهُ فَاسْتَطْعِمُونِي أُطْعِمْكُمْ That Allah says to His slaves, O my servants, all of you are hungry except those who I have fed, so seek food for me and I will feed you. SubhanAllah, how beautiful that after mentioning uh, food for the soul, Allah Ta'ala mentions what? Physical food, showing the importance, showing the priorities. That first comes food for the soul, then comes the physical uh, nutrition. And this is SubhanAllah something that we are commanded to do. Allah Ta'ala mentions that we are commanded to seek out sustenance and food in the Qur'an when he says, Allah says, it is he who made the earth tame for you or spread out for you or you know, uh, able the ability for you to basically conquer it and, and, and take over and, and, and you know, uh, travel through it, etc. So walk among its slopes and eat of its provisions. This is a command. So go, go out and seek provisions. And so subhanAllah, uh, this is a command from Allah Ta'ala. And there's so many ayat that talk about the blessing that Allah Ta'ala sends the rain. Allah Ta'ala says, فَلْيَنظُرِ الْإِنسَانُ إِلَىٰ طَعَامِهِ The human being should look at what he's eating. Don't just scarf down your food and not pay attention. You should say the du'as of Bismillah. Allahumma barak lana fi ma razaqtana wa razuqna khayra minhu. And so many, there's so many different du'as, uh, you know, uh, so many different du'as for before eating, during eating, after eating. But it's not just about the du'as. It's about literally looking at your plate of food and thinking about where it came from. Think about the meat and how this animal was raised and slaughtered and then cleaned and packaged and so forth. Think about how these different uh, fruits and vegetables grew. Be grateful. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala commands, Let the human being look at his food. First and foremost, think about how Allah sent down the rains. That's where you, know, you, should, you want to start the, the process. Think about the rain first. Then he split the earth so that it could open up, right? After, you know, the little, uh, what's it called? The blades of grass and so on and so forth, they, they split open. So Allah Ta'ala is saying what? We broke and split open the earth and then we caused to grow within grain and then grapes and herbs and olives and date palm trees and so on and so forth that Allah Ta'ala is just describing. Look at the diversity. So you need to pay attention, look at your plate and think about how much work has gone into this and how much you're capable, or I should say incapable, of doing any of this. Do you know how to make a seed? Do you know how to put it in the ground and make it grow? Like what, if, what if you stuck a seed in the ground and it didn't grow? What are you going to do then? Get mad at it? Yell at it? Punch it? What are you going to do? You don't know what to do. This is a ni'mah from Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala gave us these things that just work by themselves, subhanAllah. Then Allah says, يَا عِبَادِي كُلُّكُمْ عَارٍ إِلَّا مَنْ كَسَوْتُهُ فَاسْتَكْسُونِي أَكْسُكُمْ 
that, O oh, my servants, all of you are naked except those who I have clothed, so seek clothing from me and I shall clothe you. Now what is 